0: What's your um, balance in thinking locally versus globally? What's your take on that?
1: I learn glo- from what's happening globally, but where I can act is locally. Yeah, it's just here where I am. I can try to make an impact globally, but then I'd have to connect with people globally so I can just make a change here, but I but I learn globally, think globally act locally.
0: I like that. My name is Innocent Mugenga and you're listening to The Learnability Podcast. We all come from somewhere and aim to make a journey through life. Constant change. This is an open-ended exploration of our ability and desire to learn, grow and adapt. In conversation with inspiring individuals and experts in the fields of sciences, technology, behavior and performance, We seek to find answers to how to navigate and win in this information age. The future is happening now, and we aspire to evenly distribute the knowledge by empowering your learnability. Let's go. Welcome, Elin.
1: Thank you, Innocent.
0: How are you doing?
1: I'm very good.
0: And how's the transition into the entrepreneurship uh, business life going?
1: Well, it's quite a big change, I think. Uh, I've been working within politics and I've been working within uh, the public sector and also within civil society. So it's quite a big change, but it's so challenging. But it's so great as well because it's, uh, there are new opportunities yes. and so many fantastic people that I meet every day.
0: I love that and I'm really excited to talk specifically about that transition because I think I would love to see a lot more people starting up their own business and pursuing their passion and talents in the way you're doing.
1: I think it's great. And what I'm doing is uh, very much within the sector of, of societal entrepreneurship and challenging the, um, well... The norms and attitudes within within the entrepreneurship's uh, today, and I would like to well to make joint forces with uh, different parts of society, in, in, enabling the change in society, but uh, departing from being an entrepreneur myself.
0: So you've worked a little bit from like a helicopter perspective, seeing everything from above, and. Uh on a structural, political level, and now you're more hands-on in the field, sort of.
1: That's right. And what I would like to do, um, I would like to use all my knowledge from before in life um, and to make a change and make a shift into more inclusive leadership, for instance. Departing also from, from the structures of power that we have in society and working very much with empowerment as tools, uh, both in like one-to-one meetings, but also within lectures and all those kinds of forums. So we have different means and tools to work with.
0: That's fantastic. We'll get more into your tools and what you're actually doing, but you were talking about using all the knowledge you've gained. So let's talk about the knowledge you've gained and the journey you've been through to get to the point where you are today. We can take it all the way back. You, you gave me the fantastic fact that you lived in Brazil for a while.
1: That's right. When
0: was this? And, and tell us a little bit about your period there.
1: Okay, so I can firstly start with where I grew up yeah, and take why it all the way back. I <laughs> wanted to travel, actually. And so I grew up in a very small island called Gotland. Uh,
0: beautiful island. It's
1: very beautiful. Yes. Yeah, specifically at this time of the year. Yes,
0: I'm going there quite soon, actually. Oh, that's with great. With my mother and my fiancé.
1: Oh, yes. I have to tell you about where you need to go. <laughs> Give
0: me some spots, please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um,
0: I don't think I know a lot of people or anyone that grew up there. So, oh, you how don't. was growing up in Gotland?
1: It was very small. Yeah, my parents are not from there, okay. <laughs> so uh, I grew up with uh, basically, basically with two dialects: the Gotlandic dialect, and also with the dialect from Stockholm, because my parents are from Stockholm, Stockholm, and also a small, smaller city outside um, of Stockholm.
0: For the international listeners, the Gotlandic accent is quite special.
1: <laughs> <right>? <laughs> it is. It is. It's very guttural. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. It's very more like. Um, yeah, it has a, uh, a very different tone. So uh, I grew up there and it was small and it's, well, it's an island, right? So it's quite isolated. So I always dreamt about going somewhere in the world. I, I dreamt about how can I get out of here, but still loving the island. And I always felt like I had two different worlds because the world from the people in my relatives' Like in the family living in, in Sweden, yeah. in, in the mainland, but also having my friends from Gotland. Oh, yes. So I had two different worlds and I had two different dialects. So I was quite always like the middle person, mediating between different groups. So we had those people from, from Stockholm whose parents had been, well, they were, you know, they were managers and they were they had different kinds of high positions in society. And they were speaking the dialect of Stockholm, and then we had the people from from Gotland whose parents were normal workers, hairdressers. They were uh, working within the very much within the health sector. So I saw that quite early that there were big differences of how my friends could grow up and what kind of resources they had in their lives. And also I had many friends who had been. Uh, coming from Sweden, from wars in the world.
0: And they ended up in... In Gotland. In Gotland, okay. And I they had of that.
1: Yeah, and it was... I found that it was so interesting to see how they manage, like, in life. And I started to think about these issues very early in life, actually, when I was just maybe 10 years old. And I wanted to know more about how do different lives um, how do people think how do they end up where they end up and what are their resources and how could they gain from these resources and enabling themselves to grow in life and I was so philosophical and people I, I remember we were going to see cinemas and with my friends and watching films and i was all i always wanted to talk about these films afterwards mm-hmm. and everyone was like no we just go home and we just grab a cup of tea or whatever yeah. and they didn't, didn't want to think about these issues anymore and i started to reflect and i wanted to be i wanted to talk to people about why things happen and how can we uh, how can we see other people's people as mirrors of ourselves yeah. And well, then, so I I very much wanted to get out in the world. And when I started to study Spanish uh, when I was 16 at school, I said to myself that I wanted to go to Latin America after uh, after high school. And, but there was actually an opportunity because my friends, um, they were exchange students in like South Africa, New Zealand, and the US. But my parents didn't have that opportunity because it was so, it was so expensive. But I had an opportunity to apply for a scholarship to go to Spain. So I got a scholarship from the European Union to study a year.
0: Did you apply directly to the European Union yourself?
1: Yes, I did. Wow, cool. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it was. So I was 17 and I really wanted to get out in the world. And I saw going to Spain was like a step ahead in and in, in later on going to Latin America, because I wanted to be a volunteer, I wanted to get to know people, I wanted to know what their issues were in life. Like growing up in a very secure environment, also, it, it made me wanted to see what it was like in the world, because I felt like living in my bubble, it was not real life. It was, it was a very protected life. And I knew that people weren't living that like that in other parts of the world and in other communities, also communities very close to myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Uh, and like you were talking about, different uh, preconditions lead to different situations in some cases, and so many things that shape our life's faiths. and you really see Seeked out to find what is it and where can I find some maybe underlying uh, commonalities?
1: That's right. And I think that later on in Spain, as well as in Brazil that I lived in afterwards, I found so many. I shared so many common views with people, not from Gotland, not from a middle class background, that. Um uh, that had different that had different skin color than I yeah. had, uh, that had an absent father or whatever. So it made me really seeing people's resources mm. instead of other factors.
0: Limiting factors maybe yeah, yeah
1: yeah and and seeing people as they are and trying to share common views and try to share common topics to talk about instead of finding conflicts because I think it's so important that we try to well connect instead of seeing um instead of seeing that kind of that kind of um what hinders us or what kind of uh, those boundaries yes. between us
0: it distances and it creates different sides and especially today, when all, all the different sides are both elevated and also siloed within different communities, we are more connected, but more distant in some ways. So it's I think so it's strange. Yeah, it's really yeah. strange. So if everyone had the chance to do trips similar to what you did, that would be fantastic. And maybe there's virtual versions of that coming up in the future, but we need something to, to bind us together.
1: And I think it's the most important thing here is to be curious yes. and never letting go of that curiosity. Always being curious of other people, mm-hmm. of yourself. And for me, for instance, I've always been curious about what says in the in the books. Yes. I want to find out if it's true. I, I read the theories, but then I want to see it for myself.
0: Apply it practically. It, apply it yes. pra- yeah, yes. and just
1: see... um if that's true or not and then I find my own theories so that's kind of how my learning has gone that I've I've read things but I want to see it with my own eyes and I want to hear people talk about it.
0: The book is not for you to read the words and memorize the words and sort of learn in that way I just see the words that you're reading as a way to stimulate certain thoughts so it's more about the thinking you do while you're reading
1: and also try to identify yourself yourself with uh with the story try to see common bridges between the story and your own life yes. and to see perhaps if my life would have been different could have been could it have been this way because people live this way but what are the preconditions and what are the circumstances that um well that drive us to that way of living. It's always interesting to reflect upon a story mm-hmm. and upon words because words have a lot of meaning. Yeah. So when people choose certain words, those words can either join forces and, and they can either connect people or they can build boundaries yes. between people, start conflicts, so it's very important, uh, those words we choose in our daily lives and also the way we build uh, the way we build our lives, I would say.
0: It feels like we're getting into some of the tools that you're using in your work today. <laughs> but let's take it back to Brazil. What did you do there and what did you learn?
1: So in Spain.
0: Spain first, yes. Spain first. Yes.
1: And I started to live with... Um, vi kan ta oh, uh. Gick det bra Jenny? Gick det bra Lukas? Gick det bra? Bygg du glas på dig? Gick det bra? <laughs> 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 ah, så jag ah, <laughs> um, So I moved into um, a house where a woman who was a teacher at the school at the mm. high school where I was where I was studying. And she was so great, Mm. so, so great. And I think that all that journey in Spain made me more of like um, a citizen of the world than being a person from Gotland. So I could see myself from different perspective representing my background, but still being part of something bigger. It took me out to the world. And realizing that I was a citizen of the world. And afterwards, after that uh, year, um, or that actually was just six months that I stayed with uh, this woman, teacher, yeah. uh, a single lady um, in her 50s, almost 60s. And she had been writing many books in the Spanish language about Spanish, okay, uh, and also perfect. it was so perfect. <laughs> perfect <to> be, yeah, <laughs> I got like a private teacher, yeah, <laughs> and she was so great because she had also she had been within many of the um, of the civil movements in Spain, and she had and during the era, era of Franco, for instance, she had stood up for democracy, and she had been like a freedom fighter. Uh, in Spain and the first woman to uh, go on Nordic skis um, and she was she's really an admiral woman so and today she is my second mother.
0: Wow it, yeah. so- it really sounded like you got the dream environment uh, and seeing what you're doing today you might have been inspired as well. To I think
1: so yeah, yeah. and then later on we established a connection and so with my high school in Gotland we also got an exchange program with Spain, uh, with, uh, with my school, school in, with their school in uh, Spain. Yeah. So there were students going from Gotland to this school in Spain. Fantastic! So, and that led me to, uh, I went back to, to Gotland after that year. And I, and after graduating, I wanted to, I wanted to go to Brazil and I wanted to continue traveling to other countries, but I stayed in Brazil.
0: Okay. So you thought now I'm a global citizen? It's time to go around the world. That's right. But your first stop was so fantastic that you stayed there.
1: Yeah, I did. I did. I did. And so you're
0: about 20 years old when you went to Brazil.
1: I was about 20 years old when I went to Brazil. And it was, it was so fascinating, but also overwhelming because it was, it was so different. I was in the north of Brazil, northeast of Brazil. And It's it's a very large gap between the rich people and the poor people. The rich people have a lot of money and the poor people don't have anything. So I wanted to learn more. And I said instantly that I wanted to work uh, within an NGO. But remember, I was 20. I was very, like very, uh, I was, I was, I wanted to do good. But I also had my, like, innocent thoughts about oh, yeah. things.
0: Uh, maybe naive?
1: Very naive. Yeah, I yeah. was very naive yeah. uh, about the world, but I, I knew I was on the right track.
0: Yes, you have to do, to learn. That's right. I'm guessing. And what did you study in high school, just to get that background?
1: I studied, I studied um, languages. Yeah. I studied uh, soci- politics and, and a little bit of journalism. And languages. So I studied Latin, I studied Spanish, Italian, okay, and French.
0: Setting yourself up to to be a global citizen. That's right. Yeah,
1: that's right. So the languages. I think that also coming from a background in which I had two dialects, I had so it was so easy for me to to reflect my life into someone else's life and to understand. Always trying to put myself in the other person's position Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like how how do they think because language is a way of showing culture so according to the words we choose it's also a way of showing our cultural beliefs social beliefs and where we come from either if we talk about class if we talk about ethnic groups or uh, gender, it shows how we think about things. So I wanted to learn more about that because I think it, the clarity is what shapes sustainable and resilient relationships and interpersonal connections.
0: So thinking about and training in rhetorics is a way of also training your emotional intelligence maybe and. Your output, at least. And with that, your possibility to connect with people.
1: That's right. I, there was a time in which I was very interested in, in NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming. Yes. So Please
0: explain more about that.
1: Basically, it talks about how our brain and how our um
0: language processing
1: language processing but also how we can impact our brain of of uh, using the right words yes but also vice versa yes so how we talk can impact how we think and how we think can impact how we talk yes and that is also impacting the way we feel about things So that's very much what I want to do now, because I think that when you when we program ourselves into thinking differently, we could also feel differently and then we can uh, we can put that into action.
0: I find that to be very interesting. The self-talk is important. Imagine how much we're talking. And of course, that will affect how we feel if we have a negative self-talk, for example.
1: That's right. And how we respond to other people's talk and how we can impact the bigger talk. The bigger talk in society, which is politics and advocacy to a more sustainable society. So all that, I mean, imagine how much we read every day about what's happening in the world. That impacts our way of thinking about ourselves, about our communities.
0: About our future. About our future. So with this negative tone that we have today, we have to say that it it is very negative in general, the tone in media. Of course, we're affected by it. Of course, we are afraid. Of course, we uh, turn that fear into anger and start battling and fighting with each other. We have to change the tone.
1: Yeah. And to find a kind of a, of a criticism towards media, yeah. but also thinking about what we write ourselves yes. on social media yes. and not going into this very hostile uh, tone in, in, in what we write on social media, but instead, we need to uh, invite people within the greater talk. How can we solve these issues?
0: Well said. We speak about being proactive in our information consumption. So you have the chance to choose, or rather, we will all be almost bombarded by the same type of information. The first step is to try to filter your information so you get less of the negative and proactively choose what are my choice uh, sources. And also when you receive the information, question it. Is this something that I should be uh, getting emotionally involved in? Or is this something I should just set aside and should I focus on more positive? So we need to be more conscious and more proactive in our information consumption because it affects our education. It affects our energy and mood and our output. So input equals output.
1: That's right. So well said. And I think that also when we try to engage in some content on social media, um, what I try to do when someone has a different opinion from mine, I always say, thank you for your opinion. If it's not a hate speech or whatever, because then I just take that comment away uh, because I have a responsibility of what is talked about in social media. Yeah. But if someone just has a different opinion, I say, thank you for your opinion. I think, I think that it's this way mm. or I think likewise in this sense. But in that sense, I think that we think. We don't share the, the the same opinion, and I try to argument for my for my opinion and for my cause. And I think that we should do that more often. But what I also find is that people need those tools because they are so trained within just uh, saying no, you're wrong, but trying to argument and use rhetorics and try to uh, to explain why they don't why they think that way and I think that that's also a question of power of feeling that they don't have power Mm. in society or within their own community so they don't feel empowered
0: so that's their only channel
1: yeah when they when they speak out their voice it's like a shout out to to
0: finally get something in or something out yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I think so I can see that
1: And there, because there is a lot of frustration, there's a lot of frustration and that's a way of getting it out, but that's not how to be very, um, you have to be articulate and you have to be, um, in order to get to, to be taken seriously within the debate or within the the greater talks in social media. Uh, you need to articu- articulate your uh, your opinions. And I think that we all need to learn that more.
0: Yes, that's so good. And uh, as we don't learn that, I don't know how it looks today, but I don't think what I've, uh, when I've peeked into the schools, I lecture sometimes at schools today. I don't think we spend enough time. And when I grew up, I don't know how it was when you grew up, but there was not that much time at all Uh Working on this stuff, well, it should be the most important. So I guess it's up to us. It's our responsibility today to actually train on these uh, things uh, train our communicative skills, our um, getting our message out in the right way and also being open to other ideas and and balancing that. I have my belief, you have your belief, somewhere in the middle there we might find common ground, but it's not the end of the world if someone believes something else, as long as it's not harmful.
1: That's right. Uh, If it's harmful, we need to really take that seriously and maybe report it to the police or whatever. But otherwise, I think that people need to learn how to listen Mm. more. Mm. Yes. Maybe I think that there is like a disbelief because people a lot of people think that if I listen and I don't speak out my own opinion, mm. then I'm being degraded. Oh yeah. I'm not that powerful full anymore. I'm I'm not equal to that other person. But I would say that it's the opposite. So learning how to listen, you can create more resilient uh, interpersonal relationships but also i think that the purpose of of the talks and the conversation needs to be questions why are we talking well sometimes we're just talking because we want to get new experiences we want to connect but sometimes it's not a very specific purpose
0: it's just um, connecting it's just connecting yeah 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 So I guess you might have to take it back once again. You must have done a lot of connecting and meeting a lot of new people in Brazil during your time there. How long were you there and how was life there?
1: Well, I was there uh, quite, I've been there quite a lot of periods during my life. And today I would say that it's my second country uh, in life because I connected. uh, I was working, I was studying, I was doing voluntary work with kids who had been living on the streets and they had to go back to their parents. And so this NGO was working also with the parents.
0: Uh, To that transition and uh, trying to set their future up, maybe.
1: That's right. And to give support to the parents so they could be good parents for their kids. Mm. And afterwards, afterwards, I, I studied Portuguese, but I also studied uh, sociology at the university. Mm-hmm. So I, ten- I, I attended open classes and then I worked within an NGO uh, with trafficking yeah. and sex, sex tourism with those issues. And the third time I was, I was still studying. So I, um, I I got an opportunity to have my trainee period at, at the Swedish embassy. <laughs> so I wrote reports upon, upon different issues about the education in Brazil and so forth.
0: It seems like you really worked to place yourself in the circumstances and in the situations that you're interested in. Yeah. To really be in the middle of the questions, working with it, to learn in that way.
1: I think so. But at the same time, when I look, uh, upon other people who have perhaps had a very specific goal about where to go, I have always wanted to learn. So my path wasn't very straight. It was quite, uh, it was like a labyrinth. Like I was trying to find this and then I found that. And, uh, For myself, I think that the goal is not the most important part, it's the way of how to get through there and the people that I get to know on my way there Mm. uh, to connect and to learn more things because that's kind of how I try to see myself as a very curious person and connecting people, connecting myself with people, but also connecting others. Uh, Always being being this mediation partner uh, between people and organizations and try to make a bigger understanding between uh, interpersonal situation, but it could also be about democracy and It seems
0: like you really have to have your emotional intelligence level quite high and train on that a lot. And it seems also like you've had the learning as your main focus and goal. And with that, it's almost best to have that zigzagging career path rather than having, okay, I want to have this position and you just follow that. And you've missed so much learning along the way and opportunities just because you've had that set goal that you might have set when you were 20 years old and you've never questioned it. And now you're 34 and still uh, striving for that while you more have been in, in it for the learning and seem to have made a very interesting career on the way as well.
1: I think life is short. And if we aim, we need to aim for the bigger goals. But we can make a change in the small and we can make a change in the big, right? So uh, we can make a change wh- right where we are Uh, Just if we have the right attitude and we have the right perspective and the right way to connect with others. So, yes, I think that was I was zigzagging and I'm still zigzagging. And that's why I want to work within different sectors of society, because I think it's important to learn more about how different organizations work, how people think their own driving forces. And I want to make a, an impact in different sectors. Mm. And I know my today, uh, I know my my capacities and my qualifications, yeah. which I didn't know when I was 20. I just wanted to make an impact somewhere. But today I know my my capacity and it, I know it's so big and that I can make a change wherever I am.
0: And I really believe in what you spoke about, uh, connecting different organizations and sectors and different verticals to work together. And I think if we put a lot of effort in that, put more time in, in, especially now in this digital age where we have platforms that could help a lot with that, I think that would make our altruism more effective. That's right. And we can, with smaller budgets, have the right people doing the right thing and all of them being synced. I, I, I would like to see some more work uh, done in that sector. I don't know if it's open source as the underlying technology, but in some way we need better collaborations across sectors.
1: I think so. And I know that the Stockholm, City of Stockholm, has worked a lot with having open source and to digitalize uh, more. And I know there's a not, lot of, of work being done, yeah. but there could be a lot more work being yes. done in how to, to interconnect and to have different people with, with different qualities connecting with yes. each other. Yes. And so we could also build a more resilient and sustainable society from all, from all perspective, actually. Yeah. But what I, when, when I look back to my 20s and my friend's 20s, I think that what we lacked was self-confidence self-compassion having compassion with with ourselves yeah. within that very difficult time of of our lives mm. and it was so important and and just to get to know also our own capacities and I found that It's not until today that I know my path and I know my capacities. You can have
0: that confidence.
1: Yeah, I could have that confidence.
0: Do you believe we lose a lot of talent or potential talent that could be working in different fields during that period because they fall out or uh, maybe stay in a comfort zone? I don't know what specifically, but that they don't reach their full potential.
1: Definitely. And basically because they don't have the network, the right network, uh, people that are not connected to civil society that uh, share very few connection points with other people. They have basically their family, their friends, their relatives, but they fall out. So the schools don't, don't, for instance, don't uh, connect with civil society, Mm -hmm. with other parts of society. In order to just reach to these talents. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of talents today, but they very rarely have the possibility to get somewhere yeah. and to use their talent in creating things together with others or yeah. for themselves. And I think it's, it's, it's a big loss for society as a whole.
0: Definitely. I, I really think so. And hearing you explain it like this, I'm thinking what if parts of school was more connected to networking and networking with different schools, forming different maybe uh, communities, working on different problems? And it doesn't have to be your nearest neighbor. I think that's a, a problem if you only have your classmates to relate to. You you When you get out in work life, you will have connections outside of your specific office or work. And that's how you grow and work. So we should start that earlier in. And if I can find someone who sees the world in similar ways or is trying to solve similar problems, we can get going and get on our individual path.
1: How did you reach out? I mean, how did you find your path in life?
0: I think what we're talking about right now, I've moved a lot in Sweden. So my mother came to Sweden just five days before I was born. And I guess she was like trying to find her foothold in 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 Sweden. So we've lived from uh, I think we I'm born in Stockholm. We lived in Västervik. I've lived in Uppsala uh, and then Stockholm in different places. So with that, I've had the opportunity to network sort of in all these different schools and make new friends and make new connections and find common grounds. And as you grow. Like when you're young, you don't have that much of values. You're just a kid. That's, <laughs> you right, grab that's, you, right, that's right. Sunshine and play. Yeah. But when you grow older, you, you notice how you have more and more values and having met so many different people and met, made so many connections, I can easier find, okay, we're sort of on the common ground or we would like to solve the same problems or uh, we, we have interesting conversations. I think that's the, the, the main. Point. So with these conversations, connecting with that type of people, you just start doing things automatically. And then, of course, I've done a lot throughout my career. And with that, you notice what you like and what you don't like. So I I highly believe in just doing stuff. Um, And yeah, the zigzagging.
1: That's right. (laughs) Back to the zigzagging.
0: And in that, you'll find a lot of uh, facts, sort of. You get data of yourself, like you were talking about right now, finding your strength, your weaknesses, what you have to contribute with. Um, So I think it's just that, that path.
1: So I guess that you have trained your skills, your interpersonal skills a lot throughout your life.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I've actually reflected on that. I think moving in the way I've done can For me, it has been positive, but I can see how it can be for the negative, for some people not having the chance to stay in one place. I think it's
1: becoming kind of rootless. Yeah,
0: exactly. And maybe having to move from your childhood friends and stuff like that. Um, but for me, I just noticed how, how big, what, like you're talking about, how big the world is.
1: Yeah.
0: We have, I have neighbors in Asia, in, in Africa, yeah. in all over the world that I can connect with.
1: And some of my best friends live in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great way of thinking. And I think that also we have kind of a traditional way of thinking about roots, yeah. about heritage. And it's so important to think about where we come from and to think about that and kind of formula to make um, a definition for ourselves yeah. and not letting other pe- people define us of where we come from, but rather define ourselves, where we come from and where are we going to go? Like, where do I come from? Where, do, where am I at the moment? And where do I want to go? What do I want to achieve with my life? Because my life is short and I never know when my life is going to end. So I need to do something out of my life and to, to make the impact on people and to make the impact on myself that I think is necessary.
0: That's so, so true and so well put. Uh, We recently had an event, uh, a a talk, a panel talk, where um, with Diamond we're talking about culture. So historically, if we take it all the way back to, uh, yeah, all the way back thousands of years ago, uh, what decided our tribe, our community, was what we're speaking about here, our our closest neighbors. But that's because it was so much distance. Now we have the chance to form, uh, let's say, because we are social creatures, so we seem to need some form of tribalism. Let's make it wholesome tribalism and communities, and form around values and trying to make an impact on the world. And there's so many different fields that needs our efforts. Everything from uh, the, the nature and sustainability. Uh, climate questions or if it's education and just find common minded people working with different skills and moving society forward.
1: That's right. And everyone is needed. And I think that that's so fantastic. Everyone can make a change where they are, where they stand, where they live, within their communities. And people need, I think that people, we all need to, to work from Courage. We need to to depart from the point where we find courage within ourselves and within our communities, and not from fear. Because a lot of people they they feel fear when they look upon the world today, but they need to focus on the positive parts, and they need to try to find solutions where they are uh, independently. If we talk about the the sustainable goals or um, and the global agenda, or if we talk about what what could be sustainable for themselves in their own daily lives:
0: Definitely That's so well and it seems like we're getting into your current work so let's jump into it. Maybe you can give us a, a quick summary maybe of your political um, career and leading up to today.
1: Okay, so I've been working uh, within politics and communication for the last 10 years, perhaps. And prior to that, I was working within uh, a union for social workers. So I've been working within making uh, organizational changes in order to communicate better uh, externally, but also internally. And I've been doing that within the Swedish Parliament and also in the city hall of Stockholm. I was a speechwriter for the for the mayor of Stockholm, for instance. And I've also been a chair for quite a large uh, NGO yeah. and a civil civil rights movement for uh, women's rights, um, for not living with sexual violence and for consent so i was an advocate for a consent based sexual um legislation so we were advocating for that uh, new sexual offenses legislation for 5 years and eventually that uh, that bill was passed in in the swedish parliament last year the first and the 1st of july Congratulations 2018 to all of us thank you to all of <laughs> yeah. us so setting the norms about what is sex and what is sexual abuse? And that's so important in everyone's lives, uh, knowing the right to your own body and to improve our interpersonal relations. And I think it has a lot to do with all the things that we talked about earlier and how to know boundaries mm-hmm. and how to connect, but doing that without assaulting anyone uh, to know how to create more stable and resilient uh, interpersonal connections and relations, uh, without uh, interfering with someone's sexual boundaries or well, just bodily rights yeah, in, yeah. Ger- in general.
0: So, making um, connections on both terms, basically. That's right. And that's with consent. With consent, yeah, and in whatever whatever connection it is. That's the way to build sustainable connections, of course, That's both right. of the parts having uh, a say in it. That's
1: right. Yeah. That's right. So and communication is, uh, communication is the tool. Yeah, communication and I noticed
0: how, you, how you've used communication throughout your career and the importance of words, as we were speaking about earlier, and getting your idea across. Very important. And is that where you're working today? Is it within that field? Please explain more what your agency...
1: Is. So what I've found that uh, during all this time when I've been working with the civil society and also with politics is that there is a need for creating inclusive organizations. Knowing more about power and empowerment and how power reflects our own relations within organizations, within enterprises, within our own leadership. I want to make it possible for leaders and managers to have coaching and to have um, to giving advices to them in how to shape organizations uh, to become more resilient and more inclusive, I'm, I will also continue talking on lectures about the MeToo movement and what kind of leadership that is necessary after this, uh, because it, it has all to do with what kind of leadership we need in the world and within our own organizations. And I think that leadership is communicating. Mm-hmm. So without communicate, we are leading, but we are not leading in an inclusive and in a sustainable way. My company is called Machtbildung. Yeah. Well, the agency of power.
0: The agency of power.
1: Agency of power. Yeah. And in English, it's actually better because it, it is, it's all about agency, yes. right? About how to create agency and ownership and and working with the fact that power creates change. Because when we, when we make power inclusive, I think that we could create a more sustainable society.
0: And how would you define power? What is power?
1: Power is when you feel that you have a possibility, when you feel you have power, you can shape your own path mm. ahead mm. in life but also within your work uh power it could be it it's it's a sense of having power, but yeah. it could also be economic power, uh legal power, mm. it could be uh, social power so power uh it's all about. I think it's about empowering mm-hmm. and and working with the sense of how can we find tools to to redefining organizations, right? And it has many many possibilities to pl- apply uh, the the definition of power. But when it comes to organizations, uh, I think that we need to move from the more more. Authoritarian uh, way of leading yeah, into a more down. inclusive.
0: I like that. And I'm connecting it to equality of opportunity. That's right. That's what I'm connecting it to.
1: Very, it's very spot on actually. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that everyone gains from this. Yeah. Um, and it, when it comes to, for instance, gender equality, everyone gains from gender equality. Both men, women, non-binary people—they gain from gender equality. And we know that there is a large gap between uh, different people with different backgrounds having more or less power today. Yes. And I think that when it—it's—it's it's not. When we look upon, for instance, many men saying, OK, but when the the women have more power, we will have less power. And I am certain that when everyone feels they have more power, we can have more, a, a better society, but also a more democratic society.
0: It's a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. We need to have an abundance mindset. There's space for everyone.
1: There is. Yeah.
0: There is. So. What sort of structural changes would you like to see? What kind of, uh, yeah, structural changes are you pushing for?
1: In the end, I would like to see a more democratic society. Uh, We know, for instance, that certain groups have less power uh, structurally. And I would also see that we have a strong civil society that can push for changes, but also political uh, parties to, well, pick up these new incentives. Mm-hmm. And I want to work for a better democratic dialogue, actually, uh, in order to create a more resilient and sustainable society.
0: What's your um, balance in thinking locally versus globally? What's your take on that?
1: I learn glo- from what's happening globally but where I can act is locally yeah it's just here where I am I can try to make an impact globally but then I'd have to connect with people globally so I can just make a change here but I but I learn globally think globally act locally
0: I like that let's move into my recurring questions thank you very much for sharing your journey How much time do you dedicate to self-education?
1: I would say one to two hours a day. Yeah? Yeah.
0: That's good. And what's your favorite source of information?
1: Social media.
0: Social media, yeah.
1: In learning new perspectives.
0: And how have you formed? Which which, uh, social media channel and how have you formed it? Like what's your sources within those channels?
1: I think that I follow different persons with interesting and new perspectives.
0: Yeah. I like to call them thinkfluencers.
1: Yeah, yes. thinkfluencers. Yes. That's really good. They
0: influence your thinking and thought, not influence you to buy stuff.
1: <laughs> That's right because actually influencers today are very commercially it's a commercial connotation, right? Yes. So we think about how to to buy stuff. Yeah, yeah commercial ads.
0: I think they've hijacked that word a little bit because influencer, the word in itself is actually influencing us. But since they hijacked that word, let's use thinkflancers for the ones you follow, yeah? Very good.
1: (laughs) And then I try to read articles about stuff I don't know anything about or I want to gain new perspectives from.
0: That's great. Would that also be your best hack for learning then? Or what is your best hack for learning? My
1: best hack, I would say, is to... Okay, there's... Two things. Yes. Go
0: ahead. You get to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um, the first thing is try to connect with someone who knows different things from you. Yes. Okay. And that you want to learn from. Try to book, well, some a lunch, yeah. for instance, yeah. if you want to get to know that person, or just connect with that person on social media, follow that person and try to learn something from that person. Um That's and great. my Yeah. And my second hack is try to read something you don't know anything about. Mm. And maybe it could be something about space. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it could be something about engineering. Yes. Uh, because I'm, I'm very much into linguistics mm. and into uh, politics and also um, political psych- psychology. Oh, yeah. uh, so I, I, I try to look upon those areas in and how political psychology could also affect uh, interpersonal psychology yeah. and social psychology, because I think that's it's so interesting.
0: And it's so important. What you're doing there is knowledge transfer. So you're taking your knowledge from one field and applying it in a different field, and that enhances your learning. It is. In the last five years... What new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life?
1: I think that the knowledge that I have the sufficient self compassion, self knowledge, and self confidence Mm -hmm. that I need in my life. And I think that I've changed some thinking habits in knowing that. I can do this. I can create my own happiness with support from others, with asking, can you help me with this? Uh, Delegating power and creating opportunities for others, as well as at the same time as I'm sharing. I'm sharing spaces and I'm, I'm inviting people in working with me or sharing time with me or in the creation of something. So I think that the knowledge that I know, that I know this.
0: Is there, do you believe there's any way you could have reached that confidence earlier? Like as a tip maybe to a, a young lady listening to this, um, what would you think could have made you get in that position uh, earlier, if I think possible. that I've gone
1: through. I've gone through quite a lot of changes mm. in my life mm. uh, within these maybe five years. Just five years. Is
0: that you questioning stuff to go through these changes? Uh, so you, um, yeah, actively questioning stuff in your life.
1: I think that I have. There have been many changes. Uh, people. I have. Well, I've separated. I have uh well divorced and I have uh I have made many professional changes. Mm-hmm. I have changed jobs and I have wanted to kind of renovate myself. Mm-hmm. I have wanted to become stronger. Yeah. And for someone who's young and a young listener, I would say expose yourself to situations that you don't know if you could handle mm. but you you will handle them you
0: know deep within that yeah. you will handle do it do
1: something yeah. that you're a little bit afraid of yes. doing and once you have succeeded in that situation or within that project or whatever it could be you know you can do it and you get so much more self-confident you you get s- because you work within courage, yes. right? And yes. when, you, when you don't listen to that part that means fear within mm. yourself, you get so much more capacitated. You get, um, get proud of yourself. Yeah,
0: definitely. That's great advice. Challenge yourself in a way that's really challenging to know that you got yourself. You and got challenge
1: it. yourself a little bit every day in becoming a better person, in getting proud of yourself and and leading by courage.
0: That's great. And that's a good transition into my next question, because I guess when you do this, you might feel overwhelmed. So when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or have lost focus temporarily, what do you do?
1: Okay, so I think it's a three-step. Yeah. Um... And I thought about it yesterday because I knew that you were going to ask this yes. question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you came prepared. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's so great.
1: I, at first, I rest and I ask myself what I need to do right now. I try to, I try to focus within. Some mm-hmm. people meditate, mm-hmm. but I rest and I maybe I look at a series. Oh yeah, yeah, some kind of you know those hubs for for series yeah, and films. Yeah, uh, digital.
0: Distancing yourself from the actual theme. problem or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because I think I know, I know that I need to rest my brain. I need to relax, and my brain needs to get distance from that challenge. Yeah. And then too, I try to find a structure and focus. Mm-hmm.
0: Coming back and setting a new strategy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And many times uh, that first part, I'm so tired, right? So I try to, I try to breathe and I can also feel the anxiety and the sorrow in my body. Mm. And I just try to let it out. And because it has a lot to do with, because when the brain is working very fast, I think it's important just letting it rest. Yeah.
0: The brain takes a lot of our total energy, so it makes a whole lot of sense to rest it as you do when you work out.
1: And not pushing it, yeah. but rather letting it rest. And three, I prioritize and find three, t- three things to do first.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that goes back to the strategy, strategizing. Okay, this is the first steps. Very concrete.
1: It's a very concrete because that's also what I learned these last five years that I cannot procrastinate. No, (laughs) okay. (laughs) (laughs) So if I need to get something done, I just need to do the most boring things first. Okay, right. So just okay, check, 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 and now I can do and just not having strategies, but to find solutions in my in my way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how can how can I? how can I make a solution um, with all the knowledge I have? How can I not do it very big, but just trying to fo- focus? Who can I contact? Uh, how can I just make a check in the box? And three things first.
0: That's fantastic. And lastly, what are you eager to learn within the near future?
1: A lot. A lot. I Everything. Couldn't, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I couldn't just choose one thing. I want to learn more about entrepreneurship and how to become in selling, uh, but That's... also connections because, th- because I think that selling is about communicating. Yes. And about um, confidence. And connecting. Connecting. Yes. And I think it's about how to create, well, better yeah, connecting. Yeah, yeah, relations. Yeah.
0: That's a very relevant and also wide field to dive into. That's right. You have some learning <laughs> to, to do.
1: <laughs> I do definitely have some learning to do. And what I've been working with, uh, politics is about ideas, mm. ideas for a better future. Okay. So when we campaign within politics, we it's a kind of selling, but it's not selling for the money. It's not gaining more money. No. It's gaining people's confidence in how to create a better future and also creating better ideas together, right? So now I'm going from that field and having that knowledge within and taking that with me and doing something for myself. And I'm also creating, I'm learning more about how to create. Um, well, uh, NGOs, because I'm, mm. I'm going to create my own NGO together with other people working with single moms mm. for better, for uh, building better support for them within their daily lives. But also uh, advocating for better conditions, life conditions for themselves and for their children.
0: That's amazing. That's a question I can stand behind. I, I think it's really important.
1: That's great. Thanks for your support.
0: I'm looking forward to following your journey and maybe we can have you back in the future to catch up with all the great stuff you've created.
1: Well, it would be my pleasure.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation.
1: Thanks, Innocent.
0: Learnability Podcast is produced by Levels, working in the fields of digital transformation, innovation, product development and venture. If you want to know more about us, visit at wearelevels.com. And oh yeah, if you wanna find additional material and contribute to the platform, you can do that at learnability.online. That's learnability.online. Looking forward to getting in touch with you. And oh yeah, stay curious.